Joso. Uh, no. More about gel coat. When the force. Don't you call in the. More importantly. Welcome back, Diana Eden. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Good to see you again. It's so great to talk to you again. Matthew is also here. He was just telling you how uh, excited he was seeing that you were able to finally make a trip to New York and see some shows recently. Yes, yes. And it reminded me how amazing Broadway shows are. Um, I mean, the the level of performance and and artistry and the size of the theaters being small uh, it, the experience is just incredible mm -hmm. and you even got to go to some of your old haunts and stomping grounds from your broadway days didn't you yeah, yeah yes i was outside what used to be the old alvin theater um mm -hmm. now it's a neil simon and saw them loading in the show and i was hovering and peeking in the stage door and uh, someone kind of came up and said yes can i help you so I, I gave him my little song and dance about I used to uh, perform at this theater and I just wanted to see it. And they gave me a little private tour inside. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. So that is great. Made me feel welcome and part of the Broadway community, which I just loved. Yeah, that's uh, I mean, actor, we're, we're a special breed, all of us, really, yourself yeah. included in terms of we. Matthews B. Oh, stop scoffing. There is such a different sense of workplace family in yes. the type of work that we do versus being in an office. Oh, yes. Or something like that. And I saw you also got to Palm Springs for a signing for your book. Yes, I did indeed. And, and uh, was delighted that my mentor and inspiration, um, Bob Mackey, came to my book signing. So that was what? really fabulous. What a thrill to see a photo of you with him on your Instagram feed. And, and that was a total surprise. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> what yeah. a mensch. Well, I, huh? I had written him and said, I'd love it if you come. You know, I didn't really think he would. He's, he's such a celebrity in Palm Springs. And mm -hmm. he has a book of his own coming out. And he's doing his own book signing in about a week. So oh. I thought, well, he won't come. But he did. That was so sweet. Yeah. yeah, he's a he's a very kind and generous man. And you talk to almost any costume designer, you know, that's my contemporary. Um, and they will say that they got their start with Bob or Bob helped them or, you know, Bob was part of so many uh, designers careers. Mm hmm. Great. So we have summoned you here, of course, to discuss the season premiere of uh, season eight, where Mrs. Garrett gets married and we have all the beautiful costuming uh, costumes there. But before we actually get to that, may I ask you a couple of other broader questions to which you may not know or have any answers, but I just thought wouldn't hurt to ask. Go ahead. All right. Uh, First and foremost, were you on the floor of the soundstage when the tapings were happening? Were you actually absolutely. in yeah. that room? Yes, absolutely. Always. You were. Okay. So it wasn't like you were just in the workroom cranking them out and an assistant no. was there to base the ham? No, 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 no. Mm -mm. So, okay. You were in the room where it happened. Huh? Yes. 
knowing that, uh, as you've told us before, it was a busy show. You had to crank out a lot of costumes and most of the time you were just keeping your head down, getting the work done. Uh, Mm -hmm. Were you friendly at all with any of the writers? Yes, um, I was actually because um, I, well, they were part of um, the whole process. You see, the writers um, would be at the first read through because Mm -hmm. they had to hear um, how the girls delivered the lines and what worked and what didn't. So they were at the table uh, for the first Monday morning read through. then, of course, rehearsals, rehearsals. Uh, then we have our big camera blocking day and dress rehearsal on Thursday. And now the writers are really there um, seeing what is working and what they need to change. And they're, they're sometimes changing the lines right at the last minute. And then, of course, Friday night, we do two shows, um, a four o'clock and a seven o'clock. And very often based on the laughs that came or didn't come at the four o'clock show, they would uh, change some lines, change some jokes um, for the seven o'clock show. So they were around a lot. And you Uh, did collaborate then with them. Yes, yes. I also used to like to go into um, the booth, the writer's booth, where they watched the taping. And let me tell you, it it was kind of brutal, but there were two viewing booths. One was the one where um, the director and uh, all the technical people were doing the switching, you know, camera one, camera three, back to camera one. um, and And the producers were, and there wasn't always room for me. So I went to the other booth, which was where the writers were sitting. And I made the mistake once of telling a really stupid joke and it fell on such deaf ears, silence. And they looked at me like, what are you doing in our space? So um, I kind of <laughs> backed out, never made that mistake again. <laughs> <laughs> Stay in your lane, honey. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But no, the writers were very much part of the whole um, ensemble. They, I mean, they were part of the whole process. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. So with uh, season eight beginning, this is the arrival of Cloris Leachman. I'm wondering at what point were you and the rest of the team informed that Charlotte Ray was going to be leaving the show? And were there rumblings ahead of that? Were, was there any rumors before there was confirmation? I honestly don't remember. I think probably she had made her wishes known or I, I, I don't remember anything um, going on, but it could have been. Um, we were, of course, very eager to know who the new uh, person was going to be. And when we heard Cloris Leachman, we were kind of like, how is she going to fit in? Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> So it it was uh, quite fascinating. And did you hear any rumors of whom they were considering? Um, if I did, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, There's long even time ago. talk. I've heard some that they actually shot an episode with Marion Ross from Happy Days. And what? I'm like, well, if that happened, Diana would have costumed it. There wasn't there wasn't a, a different pilot or another consideration that you're aware of. 
No, and I know Marion Ross because I made, I designed and made a costume for her one woman show. Oh. Um, so unless this was before I arrived on scene. Um, mm -hmm. It's uh, again, the, the rumors, we talked about some of these last yeah. time we had you yeah. on of there are these yeah. strange things that grow and take on a life of their own because there's, yeah. there's a whole list of um, considerations out there. And uh, I'm in touch with a couple of the, the fan site moderators yeah. on Facebook. Yeah. And yeah. even they're like, don't know where I heard this, don't know where this came from. Mm -hmm. But there was talk of Florence Henderson, yeah. Michael Learned, Shirley Jones, Catherine Helmand. And there might well have been any of those, you know. Um, at the time, I was just busy getting the show together. And, um, you know, um, I imagine a number of people were considered. I mean, Marion Ross would have been wonderful replacing the Mrs. Garrett type character. Mm -hmm. When they brought in Clarice Leachman, there was no way it was going to be the same type of, you know, baking cookies kind of character. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. This is so yeah. nice to have someone that's uh, an actual source there. And those could have been names that one writer threw out in one meeting and someone yeah. overheard, and now somehow it's, you know, the game of television. Well, and casting, you know, I'm sure casting, they didn't just pick one person and that was the only person that, I'm sure the casting department was looking at a lot of possibilities. Yeah. And, you know, all of those people that you named were sort of NBC people. Um, so, um, you know, it could, it could well have been those people that were under consideration and maybe maybe someone was even approached and turned it down i just don't have privy to that information mm -hmm. anymore okay well you have written about your uh initial meetings and <laughs> conversations with cloris leachman yes and yes. and what a character she was oh yes and yes um so with this before cloris leachman even arrives in the episode we do have this weird uh, fantasy funeral scene that goes on. It's like a nightmare in Mrs. Garrett's mind where it's her funeral and she doesn't take the chance and go to the Peace Corps with Bruce. So this is what her life would have ended up like. Uh, do you have any recollections of what it was like taping the funeral scene with, with Charlotte in a casket, which is, <laughs> No, I don't. And um, I don't remember that at all. No, no worries at all. <laughs> There was another joke there that directly was a costuming joke where uh, Blair comes in in a red dress mm. and she says, I killed Mrs. Garrett because she was boring me to death. And so they say, no jury of my peers would convict me. And if you recall, a group of young 20-ish pretty blonde girls stand up in the back, tear off their veils, and they are all dressed in identical red dresses and hats as yes. Blair. And yes. I was like, oh, that's a Diana. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> it's very fun. It is. It's yeah. a very yeah. fun scene. Yes. So, Matthew, do you have anything you wanted to ask before we actually talk and get into the bridal attire? No, I just party? love being in your presence. And I realized, like, how silly <laughs> it is. Like, like, you know, like if somebody asked me a job that I worked 40 years ago and was like, hey, do you remember that? I'd be like, I, I worked at Dairy Queen. That's all I know. <laughs> I, you know. So we realize how ridiculous it is to like pick your brain about this. And I'm so grateful that you just, that 
you've come on and like we get to talk to you about this oh. ridiculous thing. <laughs> I, lo- I love talking to you guys. It's, and the, but sometimes I think, oh, my goodness, why don't I remember more? But uh, there are certain things that will stick out. And a couple of them I th- have a feeling we're going to be talking about in 60 seconds. <laughs> OK, there was that great episode uh, of Saturday Night Live with William Shatner at a Star Trek convention. Oh, yes. All the Trekkies saying, so in season two, episode 14, what was the combination of the locker? Oh, and- yes. And William Shatner ends up going on this tirade about what a ridiculous waste of time this is. Get a life, you losers. And and it's true because it was like that was three years of his entire life. And he hasn't watched the episodes 170 times. He performed them and then went on to the next thing. Yeah, yeah. we, We absolutely get it. So let's talk then about the bridal costumes. Tell us everything about Mrs. Garrett's bridal dress and about the four gorgeous bridesmaids dresses <laughs> that the girls are wearing. Okay, well, I will first talk about Mrs. Garrett because that, that we can discuss quickly and then I'll tell you the many versions of the uh, bridesmaids dresses. Mrs. Garrett, we, I mean, when we had the various design meetings and discussions, they said, well, definitely she's not going to be in white. That would be silly. Mm-hmm. So let's just make her a very pretty cocktail dress. And, um, you know, I talked it over with Charlotte and she always loved blue uh, for her eyes. And so um, um, I sketched up, you know, a very pretty dress and found a lovely kind of turquoise um, Well, turquoise is too bright a color, but, you know, pretty aqua blue mm-hmm. chiffon. And... Um, you know, I had a wonderful workroom right there at the studio and they made the dress and we had fittings. And the only thing was in typical fashion, Charlotte picked apart every detail. And, you know, I know there's Charlotte fans out there and I'm going to come off as sounding like, you know, um, I'm anti-Charlotte, but she was difficult to fit because she was so insecure about the way she looked that um, every little pleat, every little gathering had to be rearranged a half a dozen times. And I had a wonderful and very patient um, uh, seamstress costume maker. And um, we think we'd be all finished. And then Charlotte would say, see this little, this little gathering right here by the bust. I think that's just, can we lose that a little bit? And I would look at Hasmik and, you know, because for her that meant picking apart, you know, just for one little pleat, just a lot of work. But, you know, it got done and eventually it was the way she liked it. And uh, we had a happy actress, which is uh, what we need, you know? Sure. So that one was an original that you designed. Oh, yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we talked about you designing Nancy McKeon's uh, right. wedding yeah. gown for season nine. That's that's yes. coming down the pike a little bit. Yes. Uh, yes. So how's about those bridesmaids outfits? What is the scene? Well, you imply there's some stories there. It's stories because the, the, what you saw was version number three. Oh, Yes. I do not remember the first versions, to be honest, but in discussions with the producers about what they should look like, I said, you cannot put the four girls in the same style. Their shapes and personalities are so different. 
And um, they said, no, they must be in the same dress. So I went out and bought kind of typical bridesmaids dresses. And, you know, you couldn't have four figures that were more different. True. Yes. So um, I show them we have what we call rack approval, which means once everything is fit and ready for dress rehearsal, everything for the show is lined up on a wardrobe rack. And Rita Dillon, the producer at the time, and some of the other for important shows, sometimes the writers, sometimes the executive producer will come and approve everything. Um, Well, they looked at those dresses and they looked at them on the girls and they said no this is just just not going to work um and this was thursday and we taped friday oh, oh my god yeah. and you're like that's what i said oh. i thought what am i gonna do so i went downtown downtown la where they have all the wholesalers and all of the um dresses for the and i can never say this right Ginciana. The Okin Sanyata. Yeah. Yes. Dresses. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I'm laughing because I found lace dresses in four different colors an orange, a lavender, a blue, and a who knows, green probably, that were in the right sizes. And I brought them back and he said, you know, we've got very little time. We've got to fit. Brought the girls in early on, on you know, Friday morning. I fit them, altered them, and uh, said, okay, I've got four dresses that are different, uh, but they're all the same lace. So we're actually about to tape, and they look at the dresses on camera, and they were so horrified that they said, we can't tape the wedding. Oh. True story. They said, we are going to finish taping the show except for the wedding and we will tape it next week. That is how disastrous what I, yes. I mean, I could have been fired. I mean, because you know, this is major Mm -hmm. and how embarrassing for me. (laughs) And it was just that they were unflattering or is it that the lace read differently or is it sheer? No, I mean, it was, a you know, a lace over a taffeta, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just that they were, I mean, you can't. Bridesmaid's dresses are pretty ugly anyway. And if you do someone in orange lace, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you'd have to be pretty brilliant to pull mm-hmm. it off. So they so put I off the it. taping. That is at great yeah. time and expense. Oh, my oh, gosh. I know. I know. So fortunately, I wasn't fired. They didn't bring in someone to replace me. Um, I guess they figured that, you know, I knew the girls better than anyone. So I went shopping once again. And I went to a store um, on La Cienega called Bazaar CM, B-A-Z-A-A-R, and then the initial C-M. Um, where I'd once, by the way, name dropping, so Barbara uh, Streisand shopping. Um, Yes. Um, Anyway, Uh it was a very hip, current, wonderful store that had kind of unique things. And I found two of the matte jersey dresses there. They were quite expensive for the time. Um, 
and but they were soft, pretty colors, and um, they were each a different style, but they would had the same quality of fabric. Mm-hmm. So I either bought them or got them out on memo, probably bought them and brought them back and said, I can make two more dresses in this theme um, in the week. If you will let me go this route, they are not bridesmaid dresses. They don't have full puffy skirts. They don't have puffy sleeves, but they are elegant and sophisticated and they work with Mrs. Garrett's turquoise dress. Yes. So they weren't sure, but they said, okay. So I went and bought the matte jersey fabric and had two more dresses made um, so that each girl had a dress that suited her figure. And um, that's what we ended up with. And and it's matte jersey. That's what the, I yeah. couldn't tell what the fabric was, yeah. but it looks so lovely and soft and hangs. Yes, so- it has a beautiful drape to it. Yes. Wow. So you designed two of the four. Yes. Of the bridesmaids. That is incredible. <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah. Well, I, third time's the charm. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's crazy. And it's true. You don't think about it. It's like, this is your job. And you're like, oh God, is this, is this a big enough thing that they might say, well, does she have what it takes to cut the mustard around here? Let's maybe you know, we need to find someone else. That's, that's always so scary. I know. I know. And I'd never really feared for my job until that moment. But when they said we, we can't film the wedding, it's just too awful. Whoops. You were still so, kind of the, the newbie there. Newbie. Yeah. Man. Yeah. yeah. That is something. So I have one other story, and this is a story on Nancy McKeon, and I hope she will forgive me if she does hear about this, but it's a true story. (laughs) I promise she will never listen to this show, but go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Anything can happen. (laughs) Nancy was in her tomboy phase of, I will not wear high heels. Yes, I remember you saying that, yes. And so I said, oh, Nancy, come on, you've got this soft, jersey dress you've got to wear just a low heel nope I'm gonna wear uh little flat white lace-up shoes and socks I said you can't do that so she would not hear of it for any change so I had now to go to my producer uh was at the time Irma Kalish and when I said Irma I have tried everything but Nancy will not wear dress shoes with her bridesmaid's dress and Irma said, oh, that's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. I'll go talk to her. So Irma, who was like four foot 10 and just a pistol, uh, <laughs> went, good talk with her and then came back and said, oh, well, apparently she won't, she won't wear heels. So Irma said, well, I'll go talk to the network. Well, there were <laughs> these network people who were part of it. And she went and the network people said, well, that's ridiculous. We'll go talk to Nancy. And they went and talked to Nancy and Nancy said, no. So if you look very carefully, you will see in the pictures that Nancy is wearing little white um, lace up, kind of like kids, but I think they were more like leather, you know, um, and little white socks. Mm-hmm. There are a couple of full length shots uh, yeah. Particularly when she's answering the door, and you know Beverly Ann is supposedly backing the yeah. Winnebago. 
yeah. into the into the yeah. driveway and stuff. But no, there are a couple of very clear shots where that was one of my questions on my list was what was the deal with Nancy's shoes that and socks? What's the deal? <laughs> Nancy won over the powerful network people, the executive producer, and you know. So uh, yeah, man. <laughs> that is, I mean, who would think? And she was what twenty at the time. She was still, yeah, I mean, yeah, she wasn't she was a teenager. Still. She wasn't a grown up, but she, she, yeah. wow, stood her yeah. ground. Yeah. Oh, to have been a fly on the wall, because you think like when the, when the, when the network gets called in, everybody gets yeah. like, ooh, like <laughs> they walked into Nancy's office. She went, yeah, no, I'm not wearing that. <laughs> and yeah. they were like, oh, yeah. okay, okay, Nancy, sorry, yeah. I love yeah. that. <laughs> Well, you know, in the long run, when you have a hit show, and by now we were how many seasons in? Yeah. yeah. They're not, eventually, the star is going to win out, even though it may not be the right choice. And that's why actors, you know, they know they have a lot of power. Now, the problem comes when they are just in their first season or when they, think they're hot stuff and they really aren't hot stuff. You know, then a producer can say, well, I'm sorry, you won't wear that. Uh, we're terminating your contract. But when you're six seasons or eight seasons in and the show is a mega hit, I mean, if she said, I want to wear zebra stripes, they might have said, okay, Nancy, go ahead. I don't know. It's just, uh, yeah. And honestly, Lo, in the long run, I mean, the, was it right for the character? Because I'll be honest, when I saw them, I, when I saw them in the episode, I was like, yep, that is exactly what Joe would put on with that dress. Yes. Yes. So, yeah. I don't know. Well, it's such a funny thing about weddings in general. I mean, I think it's changing a bit now, but I always find the whole tradition of having what I call your backup singers, you know, your, your <laughs> bridesmaids, all dressed in the identical ugly dress, and, um, you know, there's always one that it doesn't look very good on. And um, <laughs> it's just, I've always, when I've designed weddings, I've tried to at least make the bridesmaids look similar, but different, you know, mm -hmm. even mm -hmm. for my own wedding, I, uh, nobody was dressed like identical backup singers. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you can see that you can get that effect. This is, you know, and this show, this is 1986, where there are these four beautiful, elegant, appropriate dresses. They're unified by the fabric and by mm -hmm. the tones of colors, but they're all so individual. It's, I mean, it is exquisite. It's, it's strikingly beautiful. And thank you. Uh, all these years later, I, I cannot say enough bravos with how lovely visually this episode is for that reason. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, it's it's rewarding to know that when I was so early in my own career as a costume designer, then that I was able to produce something that gives you such pleasure. That's, oh. that's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> so another weird question now not related to the, the dresses yeah. or the gowns or whatever. Mm -hmm. Did anybody ever mention or was it ever uh, addressed or understood the fact that everybody in the cast on the show had either an April or a May birthday? No, um, it wasn't. Um, and the funny thing is, um, 
in the rehearsal hall during the week, um, every time someone had a birthday, everyone would stop and, and, and the prop guy would bring out a birthday cake and we'd sing and it would be great fun. And then of course we wrapped in March. And the fact that Kim, Mac and I and the lighting designer Don all had May 12th as our birthdays, we never got the cake. <laughs> <laughs> Or the song or the applause or anything. So, um, yeah. But you were not alone because similarly, Charlotte Ray, Cloris yeah. Leachman, Nancy McKeon, uh, Lisa Welchel, and Mindy Cohn, all, and including Clooney, as well as, as Mac. Yeah. yeah. All of them, April or May birthdays. It's so That's weird. I don't think anyone has ever pointed that out. Oh, I think you should do a whole podcast on that. <laughs> <laughs> an expose you yeah. obviously don't listen we've talked about the girls ages diana oh, 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 oh. So ad <laughs> nauseum oh, this, oh. this one over I, here. I obsess over their ages because the, the show they they didn't put as much weight on the show bible in those days yeah. so in you know as we go along the girls were de-aged a year in a yeah. season where yeah. Joe yeah. has to be 20, someone refers yeah. to her as 19. It's like, no, that's not right. So yeah. it, uh, well, it gets me a little to, bit. You know, they, they had to keep, as long as they were committed to uh, the story with Charlotte and, you know, having the girls living with a, you know, a headmistress or a whatever, you know, they had to keep them young enough. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And, um, yeah, so Matthew, was there anything else you wanted to ask Diana before we go? I cannot tell you how many times this season, because we've just finished season seven, how many times we have actually said out loud how amazing Charlotte Ray looks uh -oh. this season. Oh, the colors you put her in, the jewel tones that you used on her, you made her look 10 years younger than she looked when the show started. <laughs> so I'm wondering if she was that hard on you making her look that good how difficult was she before <laughs> no, when they were dressing her so frumpy when i interviewed uh, one of the things they were looking for is someone who had the temperament to deal with four teenagers hard enough as it is and with charlotte so um you know um I guess I, in my interview, convey that, that I, I could be patient and I could, you know, work with people. And the girls were pretty much no problem. Um, I mean, not everything I brought in worked on them. Sometimes they didn't like things. Sometimes they did. Most of the time they did. And what, you know, once you get to know what works for them, it's pretty easy. Um, and, uh, but with Charlotte, mm, it seems that she was just particular. She wasn't maliciously, no. I'm here to make it difficult. She no. just was very persnickety. And we know in any field, when you have a customer who was persnickety, it's always. <sighs> yeah. And she was around four young women, you know, who all had their own kind of beauty and she was middle-aged and, you know, mm -hmm. that's challenging for uh, a lot of people. 
Yeah. We were watching her in the first season of Different Strokes, the predecessor show. And we yeah. also caught an episode of Phyllis that she did in 1975 oh, yeah. with Cloris yeah. Leachman. And Matthew commented both times. He's like, how does she look 10 years older here than she does currently <laughs> in 1986 and yeah. season yeah. seven and eight of The Facts of Life? Because yeah. she does yeah. really look wonderful. Oh, well, great. Yeah. Anything else, Matthew, before we move on? No, like I said, you just you have you did such amazing work on that show. And for these two old queens <laughs> to get to like talk to the person who who totally gave the fic, the facts of life a brand new look. It's just thank you so much for taking your your time and talking to us about it. You're just an amazing human being. I love that we've kind of created dare I say a friendship and I just Absolutely. I just I just love it I just love I adore you and I think you're amazing and thank that's you. all thanks for making oh. it look good <laughs> thank you thank you well don't be afraid to ask for more episodes coming up whether I remember or not I'll always tell you if there's a story Oh, no, we appreciate that so much. Your generosity is, uh, is incredible. And uh, Stars in Their Underwear, your memoir is still out there. Do you have any other book signings planned or any other events? Um, no, I don't. But I have one little exciting, <laughs> it's very, very minimal, but exciting for me. When I got my royalty check um, this past month, uh, there was um, a couple of books sold in Europe. Oh, I, oh. Somebody over there has heard about it, you know? So, um, and as far as I know, it wasn't a relative. So uh, that was kind of exciting. And I am doing a podcast, uh, I think next weekend with a uh, person who has a show up in Canada. So um, hopefully more Canadian sales. And um, uh, yeah. That's great. Well, we've recommended the book so many times and uh, we always try to plug it on the show whenever we can. So stars in their underwear, you know how much Matthew and I love the book and love your writing. So thank you. Thank you again, Diana. This has been great. Okay. And uh, uh -huh. we look forward to talking to you again sometime soon. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Bye. more about gel code when the fourth don't you call in the more importantly 